All This Podcast is brought to you by All This International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Troy Barnes. Troy is the Vice President at Calibre Systems. Troy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, JP. Happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, we're delighted to have you. So, Troy, we've got a lot to cover in a short period of time. Uh, so let's jump straight into it. Tell us about your background. I know you've got a fascinating journey. So if you could give us a, a quick overview of where you got started and what's led you to where you are today in your role at Calibre. Okay, so really quickly, when I talk about my background, I want to quickly talk about my mom, who was a young lady, single mom. And so we were in Philadelphia, and she realized that she wanted me to be more than just a street-running criminal. So she moved me down to North Carolina in grade school, and and there I learned the trades of being a good human being. And then uh, education became the real key to what my mom wanted to make sure to get out of poverty. So we moved again while we were down in North Carolina to a, a place called Falkland. No one's ever heard of it. It's out in the middle of nowhere. They're pumping sunshine there, so it's funny. But the, the point of that discussion is through education, I was able to go to the United States Military Academy, graduate four years later, started my Army career, served 25 years in the military, uh, great job, paratrooper, jumping on airplanes, going deploy, and all that kind of stuff. And And then in 2016, I got a a chance to retire out of the military and move to Caliber. I've been there ever since, and I promoted through the ranks. I was just a normal program analyst when I first got here, and within six years, I've moved up to the title of VP, which I currently hold now uh, as I run a division of about 250 people. So that's kind of my quick journey. It, very quick, and I, and I know you and I were speaking off air. We could do a whole podcast about your journey just to this point because it's fascinating and a lot to learn from it. But keeping it all within the the constructs of AI in action. Before we go into your role currently and what what it involves, tell us about Caliber. Who are Caliber oh. as an organization? What do you guys do? What's the mission of the business? And then then we'll move into your role as the VP and and how you guys are using AI on a day to day basis. We provide management consulting and digital transformation solutions that you know address the business challenges of today and tomorrow. That's what we do. We basically have a three divisions in our company, defense enterprise solutions, a defense mission solutions, which I'm the VP of, and, and we have financial logistics and cost management side that really focuses on the analytics of those type things for Caliber. You know, we've been around for 32 years and our success follows yours is our motto. And and that really makes us very viable in the business because we really believe in our heart that if we are successful, we are only successful because the success we provide to our client. In your intro, you talked about your role as vice president and you're now overseeing over 200 people. So break it down for us. What is the highlights of your job? What what are you tasked with? What is your day to day? What are some of the projects you're working on? And where does analytics and data science come into all of that? So I'm blessed. I have a very diverse uh, portfolio that I manage with four great directors who who keep me out of trouble and, and keep our business just in the right direction. First is a training education analytics division that does just like it says. It focuses on individual training, education, classroom type instruction, and then analytics that you would think would comes out. Then the other side is a, a training 
solution system for military, that's straight military training. So when you think about going to ranges, firing, when you think about completing exercises to make staffs better, that's one side that we give. And then the, the high-end side is we have a three-letter agency that no one lets us mention, but uh, it's in a three-letter agency and they focus really on the information management, data analytics that applies to making real-world decisions. So that's a really neat part that we can't actually talk about, which kind of stinks, but uh, the overall is, is a great piece. And our last one is an environmental section that focuses on, just like it says, environmental learning, environmental remediation, really improving the environment, as well as a little bit of training in the, how that's to be done. So it's kind of diverse, but it's all for Department of Defense, uh, Defense Mission Solutions, like I said, the part that I'm responsible for. A few commercial things, but really that's focused mostly on those capabilities in the defense realm. So, Troy, thank you for breaking down the four different sectors that you oversee. Obviously, there's one that we just can't talk about, but the other three, I'd, I'd love you to give us some insight into how and where you guys are utilizing AI. But before doing that, can you just define what AI means to you? Because it means a lot of things to a lot of different people, whether it's artificial intelligence, machine learning, data and analytics. What's your view of AI broadly? And then give us some insight into where you guys are using whether it's uh, AI or machine learning or just straight up analytics in those other three divisions? When I think of artificial intelligence, AI, true AI, I think taking data, that analytics portion we, we talk about or, or de- taking that and then moving that towards more than just decision making. In other words, you're creating new ways of thinking. You're adding information to a set that allows you to create new processes, create a different way of thinking about a process or solving a problem. And, and what we focus on in our other three analytics preaches more about data analytics, more about that side where we take data analytics and, and parse it down for someone can make an actual decision. We do a um, thing that you'll really enjoy, I, well, I enjoy by the way, is when we go out and train staffs, we take that data analytics and we use that analytics to make sure what happened, why it happened, could it happen better? So we analyze the decisions that someone will make during our exercises and we make those processes better because they're able to see how what they thought was going to happen and what actually happened and where those two things come together. It allows that organization, that unit to go back in and change their SOPs, change their tactics, procedures. They can go out and make a better organization because they can see what should have happened versus what did happen and analyze it objectively versus subjectively, which a lot of people do. The other three organizations, they focus more on analytics side of data, more or less on the AI, new thinking, new procedures, and new way of doing things. That's how I would would defer the two. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.allthis.com. I want to talk now about the the team that you've assembled. Obviously, you give a lot of props to the directors who report into you, but still the oversight of 200 plus people across four different divisions, quite complex. Give us some insight into the the team behind the scenes, particularly focusing on the data engineering, machine learning, data analytics side of it. How have you gone about assembling that group? What's important for you when running these various projects? And as you're helping your directors hire and build a team, what is it that you look for when you're hiring, whether it's a machine learning engineer or a data scientist? 
So you're going to laugh, and I don't want to oversimplify the process we use, but Caliber being an employee owner, the first thing you have to do is make somebody fix the culture. We use renters and owners as our examples, and in Caliber, all of our people are renters, and we, th- I mean, our, our owners, not renters. And so what happens to us is we realize that, look, people who own something, treat it different, think about it different, act different. People who rent things generally don't have the same investment in that what they rent versus what they own. So our first way of hiring is making sure that we find someone who first fix caliber. You've got to have an ability to fix caliber. We're employee owner company, like I said. And if you don't have that ownership, that entrepreneurial spirit when you come in of making the organization better, not just getting a job, probably you just, you, not saying you won't do well here. It's just one of those culture things that really helps and makes the team fight above this weight class, which is why I give credit to my directors every day because the way they make sure their organization is, is put together, we fight above our weight class because of the everybody buys into what we're doing. So I would really tell you that the technical skill we know we need, because if you don't have somebody who's technically competent, if you don't have somebody who's able to actually do what we need to do, they don't perform well. But really, the mindset of being part of a team is being greater than yourself, if you will, that military spirit. It helps us in the sense of we don't have issues with not worried about backstabbing. We, we don't have issues like that, because if we don't do well as a team, doesn't matter where you are on the team, we don't do well. If we do well as a team, no matter where you are on the team, the team does well. So everybody has a stakeholder, everybody owns stock in the company. So being an employee owner, to answer your question very bluntly is, we focus first on the person themselves. Outside of the fit, we move to their technical capabilities to make sure they can perform the tasks that we need in in our directorate, in our division. So Troy, obviously your background and and whole career has been in in the line of service from your time in the army to now working on the technology side, helping the Department of Defense use modern technology to continue to do its job. From where you sit now, having been on both sides, both frontline military now immersed in the technology side, what do you enjoy most? What are you most excited about the, the application of AI, machine learning, data science in the overall mission of continuing to provide the defense to the United States? So, first of all, that's a great question. And the thing I've noticed now is when I first started the military, you had to do it, experience it in order to learn from it. And what AI allows you to do is you can learn things through simulations and through information and data mining that allows you not to learn for the first time, but you can learn it before you actually experience it, practice it. And so you're at a much higher level of training and a much higher level of proficiency when you do it real world. And so all the things that you had to do multiple times to get to a a higher state of learning, you can use tools, techniques, procedures, AI, all kind of technical skill sets, simulations to get to a higher level of training faster because you can actually make those mistakes before you ever have to do it real world, which in turn saves money for the government and the taxpayer. It also makes a higher level uh, soldier and or sailor, airman, marine, all services to be better at what they do because, again, they can make those mistakes early in the process versus waiting to actually get on the ground to make those same mistakes. So I'm I'm so excited and I wish they had a lot more of this technology, you know, back in 87 when I initially <laughs> joined and 92 when I was commissioned. So that 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 has definitely been a blessing over the last years of doing it. I love that answer. And I want to stay on this topic just to, to finish off the interview, thinking about what's next. Obviously, the advancement of, of AI has 
had profound effect on so many industries. When you look ahead for the, the future of AI application within the defense industry, what are you most excited about? What do you see as future trends? What do you see as the most popular use applications of, of AI in the field that you work in now? So the one we see now is we do a lot of real world live training. And like I said, a lot of training for for soldiers, that kind of piece to be able to provide with a sonoculus set of goggles or whatever you're doing. It doesn't matter to be able to take that technology to the soldier quickly and develop it. I believe a lot more you'll be able to not spend the dollars you have to spend now on training as well as. I don't want to say gaming because that's such an overused term, but a lot of young people believe that they're not able to be part of this organization because it becomes nebulous to them. But the ability to experience that on an intellectual level and apply it from an AI perspective, more people are able to see themselves doing these things because they can try it out, for lack of a better term. I don't want to oversimplify again, but really, if you think about the mental side of experiencing something, AI allows you to do that in a real way that maybe people will now select yes versus no because they can experience sort of what it means to be part of that training, part of that military, part of that organization. And I think AI provides that opportunity for them. So it can be definitely a, a less nebulous, a less boogeyman, if you would, of what it means to join the military and be part of a unit and organization. Troy, this has been fun. I really appreciate you coming on today and talking to us. I wish we had more time to talk about your own background, but it's a fascinating one and I appreciate the the highlights that you did give us. Calibre sounds incredible. Doing some great work with AI, machine learning, analytics, and having a real impact to particularly the industry that you're focusing on, which is defense. So thank you so much for coming on today and we wish you guys and everyone at Calibre the best luck in the years ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oldest Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.